0: From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on April 10th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. But what's not going to change is that we're going to be at Kite Hill Brewing in Clemson on April 13th. That is this Thursday, folks. We are having our first live taping of 2023 this Thursday, April 13th at 6 p.m. at Kite Hill Brewing. We're going to be talking about the legislative session as well as the 2024 campaign trail with the state's Mayon Schechter. So RSVP to this free event on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org so we know that you're coming and we have enough swag for y'all. This Thursday, April 13th, 6 p.m. at Kite Hill Brewing in Clemson. This episode features a look at what happened in the State House last week from a marathon day in the house what the Senate's proposed $13 billion budget looks like. We also hear from Commerce Secretary Harry Lightsey about the state's record economic development activity and a special report from Finn Carlin on how the Midlands is reacting to such transformational investment. On the campaign trail, we look at Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley's fundraising numbers and check out two potential 2024 presidential candidates' latest movements over the coming days. We also hear from Senator Lindsey Graham about his concerns over China and Taiwan and if US forces would ever be deployed to defend the island nation. The lead also loves hearing from you guys. That's why we have our voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. Drop us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. It's spring break. I'm assuming you've taken the lead on vacation with you. If you're on vacation, we are happy to be with you. Let us know where you are. Give us a shout. You know, you can't send us a picture of you being somewhere, but you can say I'm listening to the lead Here on the beach at X, Y, and Z. Let us know, 803 563 7169. We'd love hearing from you guys. Okay, so we were off last week for spring break and Easter, so thank you for bearing with us. We are back now, obviously. So I want to start this section off by looking at what legislation moved last week in the State House. even though it was somewhat of a tame week and we have officially crossed over. That's right, there is less than one month left in the legislative session. So let's begin in the Senate. Like we previously reported, the Senate was not in session last week as half of the members who sit on Senate finance were deliberating their version of the budget that will be debated on the floor next week. The Finance Committee approved a $13 billion budget on Tuesday for the upcoming fiscal year. According to Friend of the Pod, Jeffrey Collins with the AP, the budget isn't too dissimilar from the House's version. State employees would get a $2,500 bump in their base pay if they make less than $50,000, and a 5% raise if they make more than $50,000. Some law enforcement positions like state troopers, state agents and officers, and nurses in prisons could also be in line for even bigger pay bumps. Collins continues by saying that many teachers whose salaries are outside of the regular state employee system would also get a raise. The plan would increase the minimum salary at every position and experience level by $2,500. And there are also some other Senate budget highlights, including $95 million to again freeze in-state tuition at colleges and universities. There's $540 million in unspent funds from previous budgets and other one-time sources for higher education projects like $75 million to start the first vet medicine school in South Carolina at Clemson University, and $54 million to replace the nearly century-old Turner Hall at South Carolina State University. There's $71 million to help the Department of Juvenile Justice upgrade security, build and replace old buildings, and hire more workers. Now, one major difference with the Senate budget and the House budget, there isn't that $200 million to start accelerating bridge replacements on key roadways across the state, Remember that SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall was talking about that in one of our previous episodes. Now, this version of the budget will be debated on the floor and then returned to the House where additional changes will be made. And then a conference committee of three House and three Senate lawmakers will hash out a final version of the budget in May and then send it off to the governor. The 2024 fiscal year begins July 1st. Moving on, a Senate subcommittee also amended and passed s 109 which is a bill that would allow for legal gun owners to carry their firearms without a permit in public and permitted spaces. Law enforcement has vocally objected to this bill over safety concerns. A similar bill, H-3594, passed the House earlier this session and was referred to the Judiciary Committee, which decided to take up this bill instead. S-109 now heads to the full committee for a vote. The Senate returns this week for floor action and committee meetings, including a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee meeting on a bond reform bill, S-368. There's a finance subcommittee hearing on a bill that would prohibit retirement system fund investments in environmental, sustainability, or governance, also known as ESG-related funds. And the full education committee meets Wednesday to take up several bills, including one dealing with charter school oversight, S-126. The House is on spring break this week. However, last week the chamber did hold committee meetings and floor debate, which resulted in several bills moving, including those dealing with gambling, American Rescue Plan Act dollars, teacher parental leave, tax incentives for filming TV shows and movies in the state, the Carolina Squat, and a slate of bills making common sense reforms to the adoption and foster care system. All of those bills moved on Wednesday, which is typically a big workday for the House, and April 5th was no different. Lawmakers were in session for about 11 and a half hours. Granted, this was basically the chamber's crossover day. That's a day when bills have to move out of either chamber to reach the other to have a stronger shot of making it to the governor's desk by signing die, which is the last day of session. This year, it's May 11th. Now, bills can still move after this April 10th deadline, but they require a two-thirds majority which Republicans technically have, though it's not always reliable these days, due to the demands of the far-right Freedom Caucus in the House. The House spent more than three hours debating amendments to H3514, which is a bill that would legalize horse betting in the state. It passed the House with a bipartisan 54-44 vote and heads to the Senate, where its future is more uncertain, and even if it makes it to the governor's desk this year or next, there isn't enough support to overturn the governor's stated veto. By a vote of 98 to 14, the House approved S 604, which would send $586 million in American Rescue Plan Act money for additional rural water and sewer infrastructure grants. H 3414 would outlaw the Carolina squat, and it passed 106 to 0. A similar bill prohibiting the lifting of a front fender from being four inches or higher than the rear fender passed the Senate in February. So one of these is probably going to make it to the governor's desk, folks. Squat them while you got them. <laughs> that just came to me. <laughs> You've said it before. Have I said it before? God, it's so good. Keep going. The House also unanimously passed a bill, H3908, which gives teachers or school district staff up to six weeks of paid leave when they give birth or adopt a child. The other parent can take up to two weeks' paid leave. Now, this bill mirrors the law passed for state employees last year. Okay, now I just did a lot of talking. I know it's my podcast, but still, it's a lot of talking. So I wanted to share with you my first sit-down interview with South Carolina Commerce Secretary Harry Lightsey, who joined me on This Week in South Carolina on April 7th. Lightsey took over from longtime Secretary Bobby Hitt in June 2021, and starting last year, we've been trying to catch up with him, but with a banner year of investment in 2022 and some major announcements so far this year, it's been tricky to catch him, but we got him. Leitze spent 26 years in the telecommunications industry and also had a stint at General Motors directing its federal government affairs operation, as well as their emerging technologies, OnStar, and infotainment divisions. He also spent time lobbying for Hawksbill Advisors before his fourth act at Commerce. I led off by asking Leitze about this major Scout Motors investment.
1: Well, so I think the Midlands um, is uh, one of the areas that really, and of course it's my hometown, Columbia is my hometown, I grew up here, but it has, uh, it has lacked uh, an industrial identity. Uh, if you think about uh, BMW in the upstate and Boeing and Volvo in the, in the low country, uh, the Midlands has been uh, identified largely as the state capital, kind of the seat of state government. Uh, and, uh, once upon a time, it was kind of a financial center of the state, uh, but, uh, that eroded with uh, interstate banking. And so I think the, the Midlands has kind of lacked that industrial identity. And I think Scout Motors really provides that opportunity for the Midlands to establish itself just as the upstate has been able to, and, uh, the low country has been able to. So, uh, I think it's really exciting. Uh, Scout Motors' home is going to be here in the Midlands, and I think that is very significant. Uh, you know, they are they are just getting started with this brand, uh, but it is a brand owned by the largest automobile manufacturer in the world, uh, which is Volkswagen, and uh, this will be their home facility. And uh, you know that I think is uh, going to be substantial in terms of identity as well. So I think. Uh, you know what BMW has meant uh, to the Upstate over the the last 30 years and going forward, uh, what Boeing and Volvo have established in the Low Country just in the last 10-15 years. Uh, that's the kind of identity that we're talking about. I think for the the coming uh, years and decades uh, for the Midlands as well with Scout Motors.
0: So transformational investment right there. Can you give us a little background, sir, about how this deal materialized and uh, what made the Blythewood site so appealing to Scout Motors?
1: Well, I think that the, the Blythewood site is appealing for a lot of reasons. And uh, certainly that's what we continued to stress with the company. Once they started looking at us, uh, you know, it is, it's a great location on I 77, which is a major interstate highway, uh, which provides a, a high level of visibility, uh, particularly, uh, for people who are traveling, uh, from, uh, the North and Midwest, uh, to the South to come to our beaches. Uh, in South Carolina and Georgia and Florida. So I think that is uh, definitely important. Uh, our location really is the center of the Southeast, which is the fastest growing region in the country. And so the logistics of being able to reach the entire Southeast are, uh, were incredibly important. And frankly, uh, just our location, uh, Columbia is almost uh, exactly halfway between Miami and New York City. And from their site, uh, literally they can, uh, over two thirds of the US population is within a one day's drive. So, uh, you know, the, all of that is, is very uh, very important to them. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, this is going to be an American vehicle made in America for the American market. They wanna be identified with that and South Carolina's location is, is perfect for that.
0: We can stick with Scout for a little bit too because a major factor in this deal too which was really kind of came together I think about two months after we were passed over originally uh, but one of the big factors was the $1.3 billion incentive package that we offered them. Can you tell us where that money's coming from and, and how you ensure that taxpayers get the most bang for the buck and return on investment here?
1: Yeah, so first of all I'll say that uh, you know this was a very competitive process and uh, we learned that Scout had looked at, at 74 other sites in, in a variety of other states and so uh, we think uh, our incentive package as it turned out was very competitive with other states um, i don't know officially if we were offering any more or less than other states i think we were all very competitive uh, but the other thing about our incentives that i think i, I can't stress enough is that we are not uh, just providing money to the company This is actually uh, money that is being invested in uh, the site in South Carolina. So uh, for example, this this will pay for a highway interchange that in addition to serving uh, Scout Motors will also serve uh, the residents of the fast growing uh, Blythewood area. Um, It will pay for uh, railroad infrastructure and additional road work uh, and site work itself. Ah, uh, the money is is going to be spent in South Carolina, on the site, on South Carolina, and uh, and as such, the taxpayers of South Carolina have the benefit uh, of that investment uh, in addition to Scout Motors. So, it's not like we're just handing a big company a check. Um, there has been some misinformation about that, but uh, I just want I would love for the viewing audience to know that we're going to be very careful in terms of how this money is sent spent all, all of the uh, money has to be uh, I guess vouched for mm-hmm. uh, we have to have documentation that proves uh, how they've spent the money before it will be dispersed uh, so uh, you know we will make sure that it is spent appropriately and uh, on the right things
0: now, I also asked the about the concerns about growth resulting from Scouts' major economic development announcement, as well as other projects that have come to the area over the years. With Scouts set to be transformational for the Midlands like BMW in the upstate, that means growing pains. Speaking of growing pains, Finn Carlin with South Carolina Public Radio has this report on the area's future.
2: Imagine the drive home after a day of work. In a South Carolina spring, your windows might be rolled down like mine. Either way, you're enjoying the ride as other cars move by. But over time, you might hear this. Traffic. Which could be because... There's road work. Which might mean... More people moving to the area. It's a natural process for places with plans to grow. But it's escalating in Richland County, which is changing far faster than it's used to. That's because a developing trend has begun, giving some of its longtime residents a major headache.
3: It's kind of disgusting to me to see a beautiful town turned into some kind of metropolis that it was never meant to be.
2: That's Anna Rumsey, who's lived in Blythewood for 40 years. She's seen the area change more in the last 10 than the first 30.
3: It is the biggest hodgepodge mess right now that I've ever seen in my
2: life. Romsey's wrestling with the more than 40 new developments in the county since 2013. Nearly half of those were announced in the last three years. It does look kind of interesting the way those, uh, projects have all fallen into place all of a sudden. Roger Hovis has been in Blythewood for two decades. He's taking notice of the changes too. How did this happen so fast and it really wasn't on anybody's radar? As to how Richland County's growth has boomed in recent years compared to other areas, most local economic experts are saying the same thing. Felt like the workforce here, where
1: the workforce, which is very large in this part of the state,
3: Our workforce availability speaks volumes.
2: But it isn't just workers driving developers to the Midlands. Harry Lightsey with the State Department of Commerce says it's the expanding electric car business finding a catalyst in the Carolinas.
1: You know, we qualify as an auto powerhouse. Uh, that's something that is very important
3: to
2: us. A reputation fueled mainly by the over 500 car companies around the state including BMW and Volvo. With those facilities in the upstate and low country, a new manufacturer is making room in the Midlands.
3: Scout Motors can go first, go further, and always come back to lead the way in South Carolina.
2: Scout Motors is an electric car builder planting roots in Richland. It's new $2 billion facility in Blythewood will be one of the largest the state has seen in the last decade. I think we were ripe for for development. The development is stirring excitement in Richland here. County officials like Jeff Rubel, who heads the, the economic, economic Development consumer. Department. I think we were just a really strong candidate for a large investment. And the investment solidified almost as soon as it was announced. It only took two weeks for Governor McMaster to sign a bill approving Scout's EV plant. Roger Hovis says it was all too sudden. It is sort of out of character. I mean, this is a, a speedy process. We're talking about something that's only started uh, not even you know, two months ago. Too little time for Anna Rumsey, who feels Richland rushed the project.
3: It's like it's a done deal, and we had no input whatsoever. None.
2: But it was only a done deal when the state signed off on it. Behind the scenes, Rubel says, was a decade of planning and mapping out the Scout Motor site. So we started acquiring the property for Scout Motors in 2014. Nine years and $2 billion later, Lightsy says Scout Motors is only likely to attract more attention. The announcement really
1: brings a global focus of attention on uh, the Midlands part of our state.
2: Bringing more growth to a town Hova says can hardly handle it. They say, what's that, 4,000 people there, they're uh, estimating right now? And... You know, the town of Blythewood only has uh, about that many people in it. <laughs> I reached out to Scout Motors to talk about the development, but haven't received a response. Apart from the work in progress, it's unclear what else is being planned for Richland County and surrounding areas. But as building begins in Blythewood... I mean,
3: we really need to stop and think where we're going here, just for the next generation, if nothing else.
2: Some hope for a slowing down of the growing town.
0: That Finn Carlin, he's going places. Actually, he is. Post-college... Finn is off to action news in Jacksonville, Florida. That's right, another Florida man is made. All right, folks, let's get on to the SC 2024 campaign trail. We're going to start off with Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley, who was in Lexington County on April 9th, home of her former statehouse district for her third South Carolina rally. It came on the heels of her campaign announcing it had raised $11 million from February through the end of March. We'll get the full campaign disclosures on April 15th. Her campaign did say that over six weeks, she received 70,000 donations. All but 3,000 of those were of $200 or less. Haley received support from all 50 states, but her top three fundraising states were South Carolina, Florida, and Texas. Watch out, DeSantis. Now, Haley ends the first quarter with $7.8 million cash on hand, according to her campaign. Her campaign also pointed out that Haley's $11 million is more than the $9.5 million former President Donald Trump raised in his first quarter as an announced candidate. Now, of course, her fundraising numbers coincide with Trump being indicted, which has led to a massive windfall for the former president as he juggles multiple legal battles and still leads the field of declared and undeclared Republican presidential candidates. Keeping with the 2024 news, Senator Tim Scott, who is rumored to be jumping into the 2024 presidential race, is holding events in Cedar Rapids, Iowa and Manchester, New Hampshire on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively, before an event in Charleston on Friday and meetings with supporters and donors this weekend. We will be there on the ground in Charleston on Friday for his event and bring you coverage on Tuesday. We'll also be at another potential 2024 contenders visit next week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has been visiting early voting states and key primary states alike, will come to the Palmetto State on April 19th. The visit will be his first public appearance in the state this cycle and will take place in Spartanburg home to State Senator Josh Kimbrell, according to friend of the pod Meg Kennard with the Associated Press. Kimbrell has endorsed the two-term Florida governor who was waiting for the legislative session to end before making a decision. Moving on, Senator Lindsey Graham was on Fox News Sunday with Shannon Bream this week where he spoke about China and Taiwan relations, Afghanistan, and more. Graham was asked about a potential World War III when speaking about ratcheting up tensions in Taiwan. Here he is.
4: Well, nobody wants a World War III. But what kind of world do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a world where a uh, uh, an island called Taiwan could be taken by China? Ninety percent of the high-end chips are made in Taiwan. They'd have a monopoly on the digital economy. Do you just want to let Putin take whatever he wants in Europe? I don't want to live in that kind of world. There's no reason for this. Listen, I believe in a one-China policy, but I would be willing to fight for Taiwan. Because Taiwan is a democracy, we've stood with them for decades. So Taiwan's not the problem, Lindsey Graham's not the problem, it's Putin and it's Xi. So what would I do to deter a blockade? I'd let the Chinese know if you blockade Taiwan, you're going to have a hard time getting oil from the Mideast. I would increase training and give the F-16s they need in in Taiwan. There's a backlog. I would solve that backlog. I would move more forces to South Korea and Japan. I would put uh, nuclear-tipped cruise missiles and all of our submarines all over the world like the Russians did uh, when they got out of the nuclear treaty and uh, started using cruise missiles, nuclear tip. That's what Reagan did uh, in the Cold War. So I would up our game. And if you don't up your game now, you are going to have a war. House
0: Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Representative Michael McCall told Fox News last week that the U.S. may need to send troops to Taiwan should China invade the self-governed island. McCall said, quote, if communist China invaded Taiwan, it would certainly be on the table and something that would be discussed by Congress and with the American people, quote. Graham said he'd be open to having U.S. forces defend Taiwan because it's in our national security interest to do so, again referencing the high-end microchips that are manufactured on the island.
4: Strategic ambiguity is not working. China, after Afghanistan, believes that the the store is open, that you can go in and take whatever you want on Biden's watch, so the question for the Congress, should we have a defense agreement with the island of Taiwan? We don't, should we have one? But yes, I'd be very much open to using U.S. forces to defend Taiwan, because it's in our national security interest to do so.
0: And a programming note, if you want to understand more about the Afghanistan and Iraq wars, Check out Frontline's incredible three-part series, America and the Taliban. Part 2 airs this Tuesday, April 11th at 10 p.m. on ETV stations statewide. Part 3 airs April 25th. You can find out more on scetv.org. Welcome to the wind-down section. Can I start? I feel like you're busy. Y- you go ahead. Well, one,
5: two, two, three.
0: Welcome to the Wine <laughs> section. <laughs> <laughs> a little break from the news. We're glad you're here. And folks, A.T. Shire, producer of the podcast here the South Carolina Lead, is in studio with me. We're in the same studio today.
5: Yeah, he doesn't like it. Gavin it's doesn't like it. It's very
0: interesting. The noises are affecting me and my reading, but it's it's good that we're back here. We had a
5: week off. What better way to start the week than, than being in the studio Yeah, together. Di- different than every other say- time that we do it. Say the words together together Together. (laughs) hold on see we're doing one together Together. okay there we go see we're already in sync like that it's incredible it's crazy (laughs) I mean unreal it's 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 scary, guys. It feels like a typical podcast, right? This is how people will get that energy that you're so used to seeing in all these sure. great podcasts with just dudes Absolutely. with
0: microphones talking about the important issues.
5: The the, the energy is spinning around the <laughs> studio. It is scary, folks.
0: Like, to the point where I'm gonna make an off color comment, that's probably gonna ruin my career.
5: Exactly. That's Which what podcasts is, are that's for. What they're for. That's what they're for. Heard on the podcast. Speaking of comments on podcasts, we did get a call, Gavin. Uh, and uh, it is a dispatch from uh, a... Dispatch. A dispatch it's a, telegram. a... uh A spring break. break so uh, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Hey, let me press the button. We're in the same studio. I want to press it.
3: Okay. <laughs> Hi. Um, call- I am a return caller, longtime listener. Um, I called last fall, and y'all assigned me the nickname of Baby's Mama, which my husband figured out who I was pretty quickly, and I called in. <laughs> And has used that as a nickname occasionally since then. Anyways, I am calling to um, kind of reply to Teacher Roman's last call to y'all on uh, April April first, April Fool's Day, um, where he talked about ChatGPT. I am a chemistry high, or high school chemistry teacher, and um, I brought Chat I brought up ChatGPT one day, and my students and I spent a class period just trying to trip it up. Figure out what it didn't know about chemistry and correct it. I guess we were it's lagging the incorrect answers all the time. Um, What is hilarious to do and I highly recommend is to tell it to make a baby lullaby about basically anything. Um, It made it electrons. Yeah, we're nerds. Electron configurations, atoms in general. It was really fun. So, anyways, Teacher Roman use it, use it, abuse it, try it out. At least, if nothing else, we're familiarizing our students with dialogue or content that is produced by an AI, so that way they can maybe recognize it in the future, especially when they're listening to SE Lead and they make their promos using AI. Y'all have a good um, spring break. We're on spring break, too. My, My family and I are heading to the beach to Edisto. And it's gonna be Baby Girl's first time at the beach. We're really excited about that. I hope y'all have y'all have a good re- good week and um, take care. Bye.
0: Baby's mama, thank you, Girl Boss, for calling us back. <laughs> caller on caller discussion too. There, we're talking about ChatGPT. She was talking mm-hmm. about teacher Roman, talking yes. about ChatGPT, uh, high school chem teacher. Uh, and I love these recommendations. She was talking about writing a, a lullaby based on ChatGPT. Yeah. I've used it to write a friend's birthday poem.
5: Oh, look at I you! I am such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> See? It was like almost too elaborate. I'm like, okay, enough, ChatGPT. I don't like them that much. Yeah, like it's gonna be obvious that I didn't write this, <laughs> and it, now you're embarrassing me, ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I do think you're right that it is important to interface with it because it's the future. You're I mean, reading what it's telling you right now. You, it just told you to say that. Exactly. <laughs> I I haven't I haven't had original thought in a few weeks now. <laughs> I just uh, put it in <laughs> real quick, and I say whatever it says. And sometimes you just hold the phone up and just you, see, yeah, you just I'll make just, me read it. You make me read it. I go, I like, Siri, read. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a couple months away from being those
0: Wally guys. We are going oh, to be the Wally
5: people. I can't wait, wait to be the boneless meat sacks just slurping down super sized cups of slurpees. <laughs> we're already there the way that you and me just like communicate in like
0: memes and like Instagram videos. Oh well, like, yeah. Everyone. I mean that's, that's all. That's I was, everybody. Like, like, yeah. So I I can't wait to just be able to use my eyes to do it. So, like, oh scary. In. Yeah. Um, but, AT, we were both on spring break like baby's yes. mama is. We didn't get to go to the beach, but we got mm-hmm. to go see some family. You had your dad down. I went and saw my mom and my brothers and my Very nephews. Fun. Yes. Um, great week. So warm. The weather was it perfect. It was
5: nice, except for that one day at the Masters, the yeah, two days. Yeah, poor Masters there. Poor, poor Masters. So hate, rich. Were you
0: guys out there so rich? I so poor. so brutal. The sandwiches are so affordable. God,
5: I hate the sandwiches. Can we get into the sandwiches? We were sure. going to talk about something we, we, else, but complete pivot. That's what I'm yeah. good at. <laughs> we're throwing something out there, the get you a hard pivot. So I went to the Masters last year. Oh, <laughs> will <Warri> so <laughs> so okay? <laughs> <So laughs> brag. I know. I went the been Wearing a monocle ever since. <laughs> yes, it's scary. <laughs> I got
0: it at the Masters. You see the logos right? <laughs> it's there. It's a logo.
5: Uh, yeah. Um, it's also a ball marker. Um, but so, while I was there, I got really gassed up by all my friends about how good the food is going to be. So affordable. So affordable. Only two dollars. All the sandwiches are $2, and they're like six different sandwiches or something. I don't know. And so I get there. I'm in line, excited, get the sandwich, and you try it. And it is so much a $2 sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every dollar a $2. And I don't know if people are just uncomfortable about accepting that it's good because the price yes. without it tasting good. I would probably be the person telling you, oh, my God, it was so
0: good because it was $2. <laughs> because it
5: was $2, <laughs> yeah. It's like two dollar like,
0: bills with cheese in the middle.
5: <laughs> I don't mind the virtue of the sandwich being its price. And it yes. was great. I mean, it was $2. You're getting beers. You're getting sandwiches. You're not spending an arm and a leg. Is
0: the beer, how much is the beer?
5: Beer's like 5 bucks or wow. something like that. Versus it's not like bad.
0: Versus $16 typically or something insane. My brother Nick was talking about just how much...
5: Money goes through that the merchandise. It's tent. insane. It's not. Oh, the merchandise the is tent. nuts. Uh, I've described it as this: so you wait in a line, like you wait like thirty-five minutes to get into the store, mm-hmm. okay, and then at the men's shirt yeah desk, just the men's shirt desk. It looks like. The stock exchange floor in the eighties. Like buy 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 buy. Like it is. You gotta it, know what you want. It is. Be- no, it's bedlam. You can't. You <laughs> bedlam, gotta. Baby. You gotta shove, shimmy your way through. Through it's like fourteen bros deep. Yeah, yeah. And then fifty bros long. That's a lot of bros to work through. And you're like, I don't know if these shirts are worth it. It's a lot. But they're pri- are they pricey, too? I don't, I don't even remember. I, you did I, a lot of shopping. I literally saw the line and was like, no, I'm not getting one of those shirts. Wow. And then I went and I got Caitlyn a shirt. It took me two minutes. Like, it was boom, bang, boom. It, it, it's, it's the bros. They they the do. bros.
0: Millions and millions in, like, just moments. I
5: saw that they make $10 million a day. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it might even be more than that. I think
0: that. it might be. I think that's, like, in an hour. Yeah. <laughs>
5: It's it's insane though. The the setup that they have at that that uh golf course is mm-hmm. epic. The the proportions of it are staggering. You're just walking around and you'll you'll like be like what's behind this bush? Oh, a <laughs> giant concession stand. Like, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, and you can't have your phone with you, right? That is a glorious thing. Yeah. There's nice. no one doing anything for clout. Just living in the moment. You know? It's it, you you Put it, leave it in your car, and you don't see it for the next eight hours. You Ever spot someone with a phone? Be like, "Hey, man, come no, on." May, live, maybe live, love, love. a member. You see the members walking around; they all uh, have green jackets, and uh, that's how I spotted uh, Condoleezza Rice. I was like, "You're Condoleezza Rice." Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, where'd you get that jacket? They <laughs> <laughs> get they, get, get they have tent? special seats and stuff. It's not fair, bro. And it's the luxury life, baby. <laughs> um, well, that's good.
0: Nice little insight there on the Masters too. We were also so- very happy to see John Rom. Oh yeah, it
5: was. Happy uh, about that. Rom, baby. Love him. Not on live. Not on live. No blood money. It's
0: not a live, laugh, love that we support.
5: No. We lead laugh, love, not live, laugh, love. I mean, and we made that decision intentionally. Oh, yeah. That was a
0: huge, and that's why Tiger, I didn't want, we don't want to bring it up, but that's why Tiger's, like, not doing it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the $800 million. It's because of the pod. pod.
5: It's because of the
4: podcast.
0: He's like,
5: I listen to these two guys. They've made a hard stance. Mm -hmm. I'm like, thank you, Tiger. Yep. Butt dial, Bob. It's actually, it's actually Tiger Woods. <laughs> He's got a lot more time on his hands, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, so it was a good week off. Anyway, That's people call in. Tell us your favorite masters food, okay? <laughs> it's it's I mean chicken salad, I don't know. That's that's a gross concept to me. Egg salad a gross warm. concept to me. Warm. I want my chicken to be spreadable. Is the mayonnaise warm? <laughs> Can I get my chicken spreadable, please? Not the breast, you know, just spread it like a like a condiment. Anything in sandwich form, I'll take. I mean we set the burger because that's a burger. Burgers are sandwiches, hot dogs are sandwiches. Let's pita wraps are sandwiches. Summer, summer's right around the corner. We gotta bring this
0: argument. Anyway, right people,
5: please call in. We need this. We have nothing else in the hopper. Baby's mama was it, okay? So please call. I'm desperate. I'm be dying. Our, yeah, be our
0: next baby's I'm very, mama. I'm
5: very sick. I'm dying. Anyway, Gavin, say goodbye. Goodbye.
0: 803-563-7169, folks. That's how you can get on this podcast for free. We're not even asking for you to donate on this podcast just like Baby's Mama or, or you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts we like that too if you don't want to come on the show that's fine and you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org and don't forget to support your local newspapers for the South Carolina lead I'm Gavin Jackson be well South Carolina okay okay I got a lot of reading to do and I think I'm ready to do it <laughs> Have, I think I have a lot of reading to do this is me reading with my hands on the microphone for stability it's safer that way I'm dressed like a typical podcaster I assume even though I have a collared shirt on I'm sure I'm like overdressed for people in the podcasting community. Not too much.